Oh, thank you, choir. Thank you. Where is our soloist, too? Where is she? Thank her, too. My goodness. Do you feel like a skyscraper yet? My goodness. I feel like a skyscraper that can shine, maybe. You know, I feel like it when you read that scripture today and Jesus says you are salt and light. Maybe you're that which preserves and, and keeps things and also shines light on new things to be. You hear about that? Being that I, I can imagine myself, if you, what do we have in Houston? It's called that Transco Tower. Light going around, revealing what's there. Goodness. We have been in a series called Creating Change. We come to a new place in it this morning, but I want to revisit some of the places we've been because I think there's some unique things for us to learn about creating change. And on the first uh, moment, we talked about Jesus' ministry, his public ministry. Jesus is about creating change. And Jesus walks right in the middle of the water with John the Baptist in a stand of solidarity saying, this is what I understand the kingdom to be. We're calling people to change. We're calling them to let go of what's there already and to be new people to repent and move towards God, the language in that scripture. So at the very, very beginning, Jesus has taken a stand. I don't know about you, but sometimes we take a stand and we don't even mean to. Sometimes we're moved to by our spirit, by our heart. So we see something that's not just, and we, and we speak up for it. We stop something that's harmful from happening, and we take a stand. And then we say, what do we do with this energy, with this passion we have, that that was wrong and we need to fix it? And so Jesus starts about creating a community that can handle that question. And so first, the next sermon is uh, with Reverend Michael, come and see. Whenever you've done something passionate and taken a stand, what you need next is resources to know what to do next. And so here we are, come and see. Jesus says, investigate me, come, be a part. Find out what it means to change. See if it's something that you can live with more than just that emotional moment of taking a stand. If you want to create a life this way and change the world. Next, Jesus says, follow me. And this is when Jesus asks you to commit. So you've came, you've investigated, you've tested it out, you've tasted it a little bit, you've seen what the life might be like. Now I need you to leave behind that which holds you. And I need you to commit to a new way of being. So Jesus is helping creating that community of change, and he's taking them through the steps one by one, because you don't just get there in one instant. You grow into what it means to be disciples. You grow into what it means to be a community of change. And so he's helping, he's helping people along step by step. Come try it out. Now let's make a commitment and leave behind those things that aren't working. Then from that, we got into last week. Once you've made that commitment, Jesus says, okay, Change your story. Pick up that mat and walk. Pick up that mat and walk. That is not your story anymore. I have a new story for you. That is not your story. Heal. Be ready for justice and kindness, what God requires of you in the world, to be those people of change, those people that are the salt and light of the earth. Can you be those people Jesus is helping us get ready to be? How he's creating this community. Now, I don't know you, but I've been an organizer for a long time. And when I read this gospel and I look at this, what Matthew's telling us Jesus did, I said, man, he's a good organizer, right? Meet people where they are, take them every step of the way, start with two or three, grow it, support them, equip them, help them make a commitment when they're ready to make a commitment. And then when 
they're ready and they've made that commitment, help them grow even more. And when they grow even more, then help them know that they are the light and the salt for the world. And you want them to stay that way. So today we're at that place in time. Jesus has been organizing, organizing for change. He's been organizing for change in a society where there are factions that are divided. They're against one another. There are factions that want one thing. Others want the total opposite thing. And then above all these factions, there's a Roman occupying force. And he turns to his disciples and says, you know, in this time, right before this verse, he says, you do the right thing and you might be persecuted. That's the end of the Beatitudes. So I want you to get the picture before we go into this. Jesus is walking right into the middle of an argument that's been going on for years and maybe even generations between factions of his own family, factions of his own people. And it says, if you do the right thing, you know what? They're not going to be grateful. You know how we like that? You do the right thing, we want some thanks. He says, you might do the right thing and they might not be too grateful. You know, they might even persecute you for it. And so Jesus is saying to them at this point in time in the Sermon on the Mount, because before now, he's been doing stuff people likes. He's been healing people, calling them together, developing community. We like people to heal people, right? Feels good. Let's heal people and feed people. That's what Jesus has been doing up till now. But now he's going to start teaching. Okay? You've been healed. You've been fed. Now you're going to get taught. You know, what does this new community about? What is God asking for us to be here in this time and this place? And so he starts off with who you are. And then he tells you to be what you are. He says, you are salt. Not that you're about to be salt. You are salt. You are that which gives life flavor. You are that which helps preserve all that is good. You are salt. You are those things. Already, you're not getting there. You already are salt. This is a good thing, Jesus says. A Catholic writer this last week I was reading said, you know, actually they also use salt to mix it with dung. Okay? And it, it was, they used it to heat the fires in the kitchens out in the fields. And so if you put salt in dung and put it in the fires, this is in Jesus' day, not our day, I don't think. <laughs> May still be going on. <laughs> you mix the salt up, make your patty, and you put it in the stove. And it, what the salt does is it makes it burn for a long, 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 long time. So you mix it in there, and it helps it last. It helps it endure. So salt, which helps us to have taste, flavor, helps us preserve helps us endure. Be salt, Jesus says. And if you lose that, goodness, what do you have? There's a picture of salt in there somewhere, I think. Yeah, all kinds of salt, you know? Then the next thing Jesus says is be light. Don't put a lamp under a bushel, but to be light, you know? Don't hide it. Any of you been hiding this week? Your brilliance, your beauty, your shine, shine, shine. Jesus says to let yourself be seen, to be what you are. Don't hide it under a bushel. Man, so this sounds like it's a, it's a Sunday where Jesus is telling us to come out one way or another. Come out, be what you are. Be my people. Be salt and be light. Share who you are with the world. And 
I'll be with you as you do that. Be salt and be light. I think this picture is cute up there. I, I like the idea of having salt in a shaker that I can just, I mean, water, light in a shaker and just be able to shake it on people. You know, like baptismal waters. Here you are, a little bit of light. Understand. But Jesus is asking you to be salt and light, to not hide your light, to not lose your flavor. And he's telling them that on purpose because you're right in the middle of this family argument that's been going on for a long time and you're worn out. You're right in the middle of this occupation where things aren't just. You know, and you have to live under someone else's rules. You're right in the middle of this horrible, horrible, tough time and I need you to be salt that endures, that burns long. I need you to be light that doesn't hide who you are so that others can see you right in the middle of this tough time right in the middle of this occupation by people we don't like, and when our own family can't agree on anything, when our own family is fighting. So right in the middle of this argument that's going on between those who would say, we need to go to war right now, the zealots. And there's stories in scripture of Jesus meeting with people in groups of 50 and hundreds, thousands, you know, ready to go to war, ready to start their own army. And Jesus says no to them, and then there's this other group, the Sadducees. And Jesus says no to them too, because see, the Sadducees say, things aren't so bad. You know, we can live like this. We're making our way. All we have to do is be sure that we know who we are. You know, we, our particular identity. If we know who we are, carve that little space out, then let's forget about everything else. Let's just not worry about the rest. And Jesus says no to that kind of ghetto, whether it's in a gated community or some other place, and Jesus says no to the violence. At the same time, Jesus chooses a third way. Jesus makes a different decision and goes on a different path, and he says it's going to be tough and you might get persecuted, so don't forget that you are what? You're salt, and that you are light, and that the world needs you. Have you ever remembered, can you remember the first time you felt like someone told you that you were that important? You know, you matter that much. I need you to hang in there. I need you to be strong. You are precious, salt and precious light. Not all of us hear those messages growing up. But Jesus is saying at this point in time to us, you already are. You don't have to change anything. Be sure and stay that way. Be what you are. Be what you are for the world so the world can be changed and the kingdom can come. I am a um, just wimp for teacher movies. I just watch them all. You know, I, I believe that learning and teaching can change the world. And so this one movie, Dangerous Minds, there's a clip I want to share with you. When you see it, think about the first time you heard those words, you are salt and light, you matter. I need you. This teacher is trying to find a third way between gangs, between administration and students, between families that are fighting against one another. The teacher is trying to mark a different path. I believe she's trying to be salt and light in a situation that everyone's worn down in. They don't know how not to fight. They don't know how not to blame each other. Let's see what her third way looked like. We know why you're here, Miss Johnson. I warned Raul to stay out of trouble. 
He's first in our family to maybe graduate high school. So, he's gonna get punished big for what he done. <clears throat> Don't you worry about that. But he didn't do anything wrong. But he expelled for three I know, no, I know, but he didn't start the fight. He was defending himself from a bigger boy. He was protecting himself. Well, why'd they send him home? It's just school policy. It gives the other boy time to cool down. Actually, I'm here because I just wanted to tell you both personally what a pleasure it's been having Raul in my class this semester. You must be very proud. Yes. He's, um, well, he's very bright, funny, articulate. The truth is, he's, he's one of my favorites. What does it mean when the story changes? When someone enters in and offers a different view, a different perception, a different way, a third way? Instead of the kids being bad, the parents being angry, everyone in the situation prone to violence, there was a third way. I don't know if you heard it, but she sat there and she said, you know, he's salt and light. We need him to be who he is, to be what he is. And that's our hope. That is our hope for the world, to not lose that flavor, to not lose that taste. So here she is charting a third way between everything that is and, and is expected, rewriting the story in that one individual's life, that one family. Now when we talk about creating change, it's important to start in our own being with our own healing. It's important to look at our own families and what's happening in those places. But then it's important for us to look beyond the walls of our homes, beyond the walls of our church, to wonder what is there that needs that change? How can we be salt and light for the world? Even when the world is so divided, pro and con, us and them, you know, how will there ever be anything that can make a way for these people to talk to each other? Think of whatever debate you want to think of going on right now and wonder if there's a way those two people can sit in the same room together I don't know it seems like we're too busy being angry at each other and knowing what's right and knowing what's right for the other person too you know I would say that's not being salt and that's not being light that's being dedicated to your own way and Jesus invites us into a third way the third way where we go about not choosing the violence of enforcing our opinion on another or the capitulation of saying it doesn't matter, I have nothing to offer. But a way where we care and where we work together to make things change, to make things happen <coughs> in our lives, our families, in our world. Jesus was an organizer and he did this work well and other people learned from him. And with this simple, simple looking for something new, looking for a creative way, the world has been changed over and over and over again. You know, and I want to lift up the example of Gandhi and the salt march. And you have the reading in our scripture today. But people were being occupied by the British Empire. And in that place and time, they also were arguing in their own family. Because in India at that time, the caste system was still strong. So people were divided in all sorts of classes. And you couldn't even talk to each other or touch each other. And you had to stay separate. 
and over them was a British Empire. So what, is your, what are you going to do when all these people are arguing and can't even be in the same room? And then they're oppressed by another group. So creatively, Gandhi identified two items, two normal items, kind of like salt and light. One of them was salt, and the other was homespun fabric. You know, Gandhi said, we are not going to take what the colonizers give us anymore. We're going to make our own fabric, so we're going to take our power back. And people did that in their families, in their homes, and they started to wear homespun white as a sign of resistance. They shone their light by just the white they wore on their bodies. Now it showed them that they believed that there could be change. Another thing he did was he, he said, we're going to make salt again. The colonizers had taken salt away and controlled it. And so he started that march, ended up at the seashore and made salt, broke the law. He was put in jail, but you, did you read what it said? Tens of thousands of other people started doing the same thing. And he wanted them not to give up, not to tire, not to get too weary, because it was going to be a long journey. It had been a long journey already. Don't forget your salt. Don't forget your light. Keep at it. It will take some time, and you'll get tired, but we need you to not lose your flavor. We need you to not lose your light. We need you to step up and act. And Gandhi encouraged this, not choosing violence of some of his folk who wanted to just start an army and kill everyone. Not capitulation by others that said, these classes aren't so bad. Let's just keep everyone where they belong. And to start a middle way where people had to work together across classes in order to make change happen. It seems like a simple action, make salt, do homespun. But in those simple creative actions, Gandhi transformed a nation. In simple actions, we often transform ourselves and we transform others. I don't know if you know this or not, but Bayard Rustin, one of our American civil rights saints, uh, an out gay man as out as you could be at that time, probably only because he'd been arrested. You know, that helps you get out at different times of your life. He went to India and he researched what Gandhi had done. And after that research, he came back to the US and he brought that information with him into the civil rights movement. And Dr. King adopted that nonviolence, adopted that organizing, adopted those things to encourage people that they are salt and light and they need to stay that way and together that they can transform the world. You know, together they can transform the world. And why? Because it mattered. People were dying. It was serious. In Jesus' time, people were getting hurt. In Gandhi's times, people were starving. In Bayard Rustin's time and Martin Luther King Jr.'s time, people were getting killed. You know, did it matter enough to have that first impulse to take a stand and then learn to grow in ways that actually you can create a movement that change can happen, like Jesus did? That's what happened here in our country. So they adopted those principles and they put it into action and the world has not been the same since because people remembered that they were salt and that they were light and they followed a third way. Jesus again helped people say no to just violence and no to just giving up. But help us find a way in the middle. You may be caught in one of those situations right now in your own life. It may seem intractable beyond reason. It may seem like there's no way healing can occur here. 
It may be with your own family members, your neighbors. It may just be at work. You know, Jesus invites you to be creative. To consider a third way to invite God into that situation so that there may be some unique thing you can do that's different than anything that's been tried before. And it might be simple. Sometimes as simple as a smile. Simple way to make it move forward. We still are putting these, in, these practices into place. Satigara, graha, trying to say it right. The Indian concept is called soul force. And some of you may know the organization called Soul Force, which does these kind of actions to help lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people have equality in the world. How do we tap into the salt and light we have? How do we do it together in ways that make change? How are we creative about it? I miss ACT UP a lot. For those of you around in the HIV, AIDS, height days, ACT UP was creative people. And why were they so creative? Because they knew people were dying. They knew it mattered. And they kept trying and trying and trying to get other people to hear that and to change the policies, which ultimately were changed. So today, I wonder if it doesn't feel urgent enough. I wonder if we've capitulated, our communities are good enough, we like our class well enough. It just doesn't hurt enough for it to be urgent for us. But I'll have you know, kids are still killing themselves. Have you know, people still are afraid to say who they are. Have you know, there's whole folks of stuff who've given up. Don't even try. And what they're looking for is someone to be salt and light. For a church to be salt and light. For you to show them a third way. They don't have to give up. They don't have to live in violence. That Jesus calls them in to a new way. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.